I'm Chad Rutherford. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Plain water, pure knowledge. Today, we're going to be talking about Sayonara Wild Hearts, which was developed by Samogo and published by Annapurna Interactive. Uh, the game was released in September of 2019 on its initial run of platforms and then continued to release on other platforms until eventually... I think the Xbox One was the last to get it in February of this year. Yeah, it's on everything now? Yeah, now, no matter what, whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can probably play this game on it. Uh, so, uh, Samoga is back on No Clip Pocket, <laughs> uh, which is exciting. Uh, I We've previously described or i at least have described them as a developer that seems like they can do no wrong by me uh we've talked about your walk and device six and uh i am gonna say that this game did not change my mind it kicks (laughs) ass (laughs) yeah i was looking at their website and uh they describe themselves as like not really even really being concerned if what they make is a game like they just try to do what they think is interesting and i think that is an accurate description like they're one of those uh in developers that i think really takes advantage of the medium like i think they're fortunate enough to have established a company that can make games like this yeah and they get like generally speaking rewarded for it as well like uh, I think there's something, there's a magical something in the mobile game market that doesn't seem, that doesn't exist in the world of like major console releases and AAA game des- games development, where you can release something super interesting that most people, if you then gave it to somebody who typically plays games on a console or on like a PC, they would be like, what is this? Like, this isn't the thing that I wanted. And I've not been this attuned to what those people are thinking since we started playing the last of us too. But, uh, preview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's something that's been swimming in my mind. And this, this game less so than the previous ones that we've played, but still falls outside of that, like general realm of what, uh, people expect from games and I think that the fact that the developer largely works on mobile platforms is sort of what allows that expectation to be there for them yeah and it, it seems like that's becoming less and less of a thing too or it might just be that they don't really think about platform and they just kind of like whatever the project is they just work with whatever will work for the concept mm. but like I really like to see them make more and more ambitious things because like the first thing we played by them was your walk which is like a kind of like a point and click-esque thing and then device six which is more experimental and now this which is like a full 3d game so like i like uh that there's been kind of an evolution and i like am excited to see what they do next yeah evolution may not even be the term i see what you're saying because like this game like visually and i I love the visuals of all of the games that they played device six obviously being the most like sort of bare bones but there's like a 
there's like a format to it, you know, like it's laid out in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's visually arresting if you look at the game and expect to see a video game and what you're presented with is like words and diagrams. It's like a magazine layout. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is, it's cool to see that like step up and become more like vibrant and uh, almost like ostentatious. This game is very in your face. Uh, and I don't know. I, I do love it, but it's at the same time, they are, they're striking out in totally different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard to say that this like really built on what they did. Yeah. It might just be a coincidence that they've, uh, be- gotten more complex visually over well, the past several games they've done. And th- this was the first game that they did that I I think I'm not like a scholar on their like business side uh-huh. but I believe this is the first game they did with a full-time publisher uh with Annapurna and uh, weirdly also published uh uh Kentucky Route Zero which we just talked about I was gonna say I know I'd heard that name before yeah so anyway so I feel like this game's kind of hard to describe yeah uh so the way that I kind of been thinking of it is kind of a melding between like a 3D Sonic game, a rhythm game, it, a couple of different kinds, like uh, something like Audio Surf or even like Guitar Hero, with like the way like a track is kind of coming at you yeah. or you're going along it. Um, so, but it doesn't really fall into a rhythm game so much. There's only a few uh, parts in like each level where you have to hit a button to the beat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think there are a couple of 3D Sonic games that work kind of like this, where you're kind of like just switching between lanes and collecting rings. And the fact that the camera angle shifts as well is like emblematic of those like Dreamcast era, like Sonic Adventure style 3D yeah. games. Yeah, so I think that's the best thing to compare it to, even mm-hmm. though I think while playing it, it doesn't feel anything like a Sonic game. No, I, I, I wanted to call it... So I ran, uh, as I was playing through the game, part of what I was doing with my mental energy, because I'm an idiot, uh, was trying to determine if I could come up with like a sensible genre title for what this game is uh, to use as a one-off joke on the podcast. And uh, the first thing I thought of was Finite Runner. It's like an infinite runner, but one that has a very strict beginning and end. <laughs> I was also going to say infinite runner, but forgot. Yeah, and then the other one that I came up with was rhythmic dodge up which is... <laughs> but then they added guns and mm. ruined my, my quippy uh, line about it. Uh, but I think we're getting across with this, <laughs> the idea of what it is you do in this game. It, it is a game that is mostly about forward motion, with a couple of exceptions, but anything that we say is a rule in this game is going to have an exception for the most part. Yeah, and your acceleration is controlled for you, so it's more kind of about managing like positioning, mm-hmm. if you want to say it that way, like where you are, like what lane you're in. And how you can like pick up all of the points that you can. Yeah, I, I think even because what the thing that made me sort of disconnect this from rhythm games generally, uh, and in my mind, what I'm thinking of is uh, uh, frequency or its sequel audacity, where you have these like prescribed tracks. Is the first thing that I tried to do when the game booted up was jump between tracks on the like ethereal 
grid plane that you, they put you in uh-huh. by just pressing a button, but you actually have to like hold and accelerate your turning mm-hmm. so that you go from lane to lane. And that is very different from that kind of game and changes the execution. Like, it seems like such a small change, but the way that you play those two games is impossibly different. Yeah, it's it's a lot more loose. Like, you don't snap from lane to lane. Um, you actually have more control. Um, and I think it, it ends up, like, once you get used to it, playing through a level of this kind of feels like you've learned and rehearsed a part in a music video like once it all comes together uh it it makes you feel like you're a part of it in a way that like other rhythm games don't i think there's like an element of performance almost to it yeah uh, because it isn't so rigid and there are choices to make. Like, if you... To do a song in a Guitar Hero game perfectly, you hit all of the notes in their prescribed locations at exactly the time that they're supposed to be. And in this game, the, like, optimal... I was thinking about this. Like, the optimal play for this game has got to be very engaging. Um, this is, like, a, one of those successful things, like a Star Fox game where you can... Anyone can sort of play through the game, but if you want to go for high scores and you want to try and do the best, you have to, like, really work at it. Uh, and it has a lot of hidden depth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that plays into that because there are paths you can choose to take, and once you get going, if you, like, die and reset, you're going to probably take the same paths unless you're trying to optimize right and so you yeah it gets that practiced feeling like stuff like uh celeste or hotline miami did yeah i was gonna compare it to like devil may cry because you get those like style points too for Mm. like barely missing obstacles yeah like risky i think is what it what it says oh yeah near miss is from burnout which is uh (laughs) what i was thinking of but is not really a very good comparison but yeah yeah and those types of games like platinum games don't really engage me in that way i think because they are relatively short games for the kinds of games they are but like replaying a level over and over again is a significant time investment yeah and with these these levels are short, and you also just kind of want to listen to the music some more because it's great. So it it really incentivizes you to like go back and keep trying them to get better at them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it just in a really organic way. Yeah, it, it brings me to one of my two <laughs> enumerated complaints that I have, and. Like with most of the games that we've talked about from uh, Samogo, these are complaints that stem purely out of how much I loved the actual play of the game and just wanted slightly more out of it, uh, is that the levels are... It's the way that the game is designed and the way that you play through each level. When you take damage, it like, it like whoop, 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 rewind and puts you back like at a checkpoint which is usually just a few seconds prior to where you fucked up Mm -hmm. and there's like there's an element of flow to this and the levels are so short already that i almost wish that the game just had like a health bar 
mm. where you could take multiple hits, and then if you failed it, you went back to the beginning of the level. Because the iteration time wouldn't take... I mean, it would take a pretty huge hit percentage-wise, but it still mm-hmm. wouldn't be a giant time investment. And the flow of this game is such that I just, like, I want to have the run, like, the gold run. Right. Went from start to finish real bad. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can do that manually. Yeah, by just actively resetting. Yeah. But it, I, I think with the single hit thing, like, you're less, like, you're more, you'd be more discouraged to do that if you took a death late in the mm-hmm. level than you would be if you just, like, played through and then, like, you you took the death because you ran out of health like it feels like more of a struggle that way yeah i suppose but then there's that fucking snapping clapping level oh yeah parallel universes that was fucking so like there that took me way longer (laughs) than it should have to figure out it was the only time in the game that i got accosted by the magician who would let you skip parts of the game if you chose and uh i was like don't ever talk to me again, magician. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the eventual solution was more or less just to constantly move all the way to the left, then back to the right. Mm. But it took me long enough to figure out how the mechanic worked that, it, like, that would have destroyed me if I had to restart every time. Yeah. Uh, that one was tricky uh, to figure out, but, like, I went back and got gold ranks in, like, all of, like, the first third of the levels which includes that one and like once you see it enough it's really not that bad yeah like, you... it, it's just really it's the shift they do like sh- subtle shifts in gameplay throughout and that's the most like jarring one by far i don't know the shoot 'em up segment yeah within the vr headset mm-hmm. it was a pretty uh dramatic shift yeah but like it, it's 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 smooth it's a smooth transition though like it's something that at least us who play lots of games i'm like can transition into pretty easily i think at least i could uh that one the one like the uh the thumping psychedelic wave thing of the parallel worlds uh level was just like oh god yeah like when you first started (laughs) Yeah, it gets it's really disorienting like from a, a like a, on your on first blush. Yeah. But then as you go through it you start to like like it took me I was probably like a checkpoint or two in before I realized that the uh the that it was changing between two set things, but fortunately had already made that realization mm. by the time it started to do three. Uh so you kind of like get to learn the bits and pieces of it, but we shouldn't talk about just that one like one minute thirty <laughs> second section of this game. Uh, but it is like that's that is like the peak difficulty uh, up until like the actual boss of the game, right? Uh, but yeah, that was that was my one thing. I, I feel like there, I wanted the game to give me the like more focused like flow based experience but i think their target audience which is every living soul on the planet <laughs> would i think most people are not as like accustomed to that rhythm game like jive yeah. and probably would be less uh, uh amicable to it yeah I, I think it's designed 
with the first time experience in mind because like it really feels like the game wants you to play through it all the way through in one sitting like you're sitting down to listen to an album yeah so i i think it's it's designed that way uh on purpose and i think the the experience that you're looking for is kind of like sounds to me like the going for the high scores afterwards mode where it's like as soon as you like die you're like start up a yeah (laughs) you know like (laughs) that like muscle memory thing well you know the uh the like my uh, most of the time we play a game either for being the podcast or this podcast and we finish the game and i feel like i have like internalized it and i'm ready to talk about it Mm -hmm. i will uninstall the game right did not uninstall this game because i fully intend to go back and like run a couple of levels yeah i wanted to compare it to a book where it's like you don't want to put this down once you start playing it right uh actually we can go from there into my one other thing and i'm actually more curious as to like how you feel about this the game has 23, 23 levels, I think. Something Some, around there. Yeah, they aren't numbered, but I read it recently, and now I don't remember. But I, I, it's a huge number of levels. Yeah, I think they're in sets of four or five. Yeah. I don't remember. Sense. Yeah, because there's five individual like chapters, yeah. and then the final boss. So uh, I thought that... The levels themselves were individually pretty well paced, but then there were a couple that felt like they were just too short and probably could have been mashed into another one. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand they wanted to separate them by, like, track, but I bet that you could have transitioned between them without breaking the flow as much as going to the screen, like, the result screen and then going to the next level yeah i think they wrote the whole soundtrack before they started designing the levels because they wanted the the levels to be like designed around the songs yeah uh so i i assume it's governed by that that can make sense yeah but no i think uh you bring up an interesting point it would be a sweet it would be sweet to have a mode where you could just link every single song together back to back and play through the whole thing without stopping. Did you open the album play mode after you unlocked it? No. Is that what that is? I don't know because I, I didn't either. <laughs> I assume that was just like a listen to the soundtrack thing. No, I think you actually can jump into individual levels uh, um, and play them differently. But I don't know if it'll run them together. Uh, a lot of them, because I booted it up at one point and it, started with the opening cutscene and that's when I, I quit i was like all right i'll come back this yeah. is obviously just the game like i didn't know if it was going to have something else added to mm-hmm. it uh and I, I didn't want to just play the game through all the way again just for fun immediately after <laughs> finishing it the first time uh-huh. uh but yeah it, it would be very cool and maybe that's what that provides um yeah, in like, which case sweet yeah what's the <laughs> snowboard game Snowboard kids too. Um, 1080s snowboarding. The one where the whole... It's broken up into levels, but then you can link them all together. It's all just one mountain, and you can play... Steep. Steep. Yeah. yeah. Or or SSX3, kind of, but me and most other SSX fans take umbrage (laughs) with SSX3. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. It just seems like it would be cool if you could do that with this. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. And also, like, 
I do. I like the brevity of the levels because you can go back and replay things. Like if you get like a wild hair up your ass and just feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a give and take. I just it, it's it was really only in like three or four situations where I felt like really fucking jiving and was like, <laughs> "Don't make me press a button three times before <laughs> I get into this," because <laughs> uh, it just sucked me out of the moment a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that's like because of how good the game actually is yeah so i wanted to jump back to something that you mentioned before uh-huh uh which was that the soundtrack is great and i want to also mention that this is one of the rare instances where i can say that this game slaps like not just <laughs> the soundtrack because everything is built so strongly yeah. over it. And the soundtrack is the game. The soundtrack is the game. If you die in the game, you, you die, die in, real, in life. real life and in the soundtrack, which is the game. And uh it's just I don't know, it's just very bumpin and they use the like natural like lows and highs uh in the gameplay to really sort of like bring that feeling home and give you that like i don't know like that asmr like tingly feeling of like shit just nailing it uh it, just over a million different times in the game yeah it there were parts of it that almost kind of reminded me of the celeste soundtrack like some of the instrumentation like the keyboard sound effects and things um, but if you just made that like a, like a synth pop song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I like the mix of the music with like the jewel tone colors. Um, yeah, it, it has like this almost kind of like pseudo eighties inspired aesthetic, but like it does its own thing with it. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, th- a little you, bit album art inspired, you know? Yeah. When you start to, like, break down, like, aesthetic influences, like, obviously you have your... You, this Weirdly, the same shit that inspired the, like, jewel tone, vaporwave aesthetic of games that we've already talked about, like Hyperlight Drifter yeah. and Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, uh, severed. Severed, yeah. It, severed, I feel like, has it draws from a different inspiration, True, but, but ends up with the same color palette. Well, and also, I think a lot of the... Um, the geometric shapes, like the way the characters are designed, there's a lot of similarities. That's true, yeah. Uh, like, a lot of that sort of bleeds together, and, like, they're pulling from similar things, and, and it's just sort of what each of them uh, does with it. And the VR headset level is actually the one that sort of, like, drove it all home for me, because they were able to render it down into like the very basic component parts of it mm-hmm. and it still maintained that same like it lost a little bit of the energy but it did maintain the same feeling and uh yeah it just it just kicks ass all the way through yeah, it made me think a little bit of um of near automata yeah how it did like the perspective shifting and it never felt like it skipped a beat yeah it it's not quite on the same level or quite the same thing but it's able to transition you from all the different camera angles and um, and yeah, down to that top-down VR headset, and also a brilliant touch that it actually takes place like in the headset. Right. Uh, it's hard for me to describe this in sound form, <laughs> listener, but uh, I'm sure you can find a Im- Google image of it. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, I just that that comparison came to my mind. I thought that was really well handled. Yeah, the fact that it does, because it keeps it in the headset. I'm trying to, like, 
also describe this with words. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if like, you think you're looking straight on at a VR headset, like the outside of the goggles, right? That becomes like a little screen mm-hmm. on your screen that all the action is taking place inside of. And they also keep the character, the the hermit's face there is like an anchor point at certain periods where like it will rotate and you'll also see their head rotating as well um which is very neat and cool uh i will say that in that segment the first time when you get the like uh timed like bullets in the bullet hell part Mm -hmm. where they use the snakes uh and shit when the music starts to like like starts down tempoing and like losing some of its like vigor and then the bullets explode out and like it picks back up uh like that blew my socks off (laughs) and my pants off and i was just sitting nude in a computer chair just utterly dumbfounded (laughs) by how well it tied it together so uh just a super good uh use of aesthetic in this Mm -hmm. game i also like that at the end of the um the level before that that boss that is like the the astrological sign of right. the of the VR levels um turns the character into a Game Boy cartridge and then slots it into the VR headset. Yes, yes. Very cool. Oh uh, god. Uh th- I mean that is that that is like the one word thesis of this game. Like I feel like they were like all right, so we just made these other games, but like, let's make one that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> let's make one that kicks ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's everything that like a longer version of this game would fuck up and fail to do correctly. Mm-hmm. And like, because it is so short and the individual levels are so short, there isn't a point where it stops being cool. It just it'll, and if you think for one split second that it might not be cool anymore they do a totally different thing and now you're sword fighting on a motorcycle yeah like it's just a it's a uh they just keep changing everything uh to make it interesting and like continue to like so that you don't ever fall into like a I was gonna say a rhythm that's what they want you to do <laughs> but they you don't fall into it it never becomes like your expectations never fall into a rhythm. There it is. Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get into on each one. It's like, like a box of chocolates. It's exactly yes. This is the Forrest Gump of games. <laughs> <laughs> Figure that one out. <laughs> uh, uh, I, the, on the soundtrack itself, this is not my specialty. Uh, like talking about pop music, I don't know. It's even less my specialty. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how to describe it in i don't know what comparisons to make or to describe how good it is but anecdotally when i booted the game uh i didn't want to leave the the start menu for a while uh because it just immediately starts with fucking lyrics like the first thing that you hear is a song that has lyrics in it and it's cool like it just sounds real good it's like you just put on the first track and uh, it, it doesn't really let up with that. Uh, I was almost disappointed because the first stage uses uh, like a remix of a classical song. Oh, um, I thought that was pretty cool. It was cool, but I was afraid that it wasn't going to eventually go back to the electropop, which mm-hmm. is so like unique in this in not, not, not in the genres. We found we can't even really describe that. Yeah, 
I would think I would describe it as like uh, I also this is also not my expertise, but like <laughs> like there's like newer music that takes a lot of cues from like '80s new wave stuff and like synth pop and st- things like that. Like there's this band um, like stuff like Neon Trees and like there's a band called Bleachers and things like that um it's not exactly the same thing but i think it's kind of pulling from similar influences that's like the closest touchstone i have the uh the influence that i saw mentioned uh, this is just on the wikipedia page so i didn't do any deep research on this uh they mentioned sia uh Mm. and they mentioned churches and i don't really know anything about sia but i've heard songs by churches at least partially because they did songs on the Death Stranding soundtrack, and they f- seem so much more fucking morose than this game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that I even if, I mean, they could have taken inspiration. I don't really know their whole catalog, but it does. It feels like this is it's very energetic without being like party music, right? Uh, good use of Queen Latifah, yeah, as the narrator. <laughs> it was so. Uh, her performance was super over the top, but like in a way that was like exceedingly appropriate. Oh yeah, it's like they the director told her to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's exactly what they what you want. It it kind of reminds me, and I wish I could think of the exact comparison I'm drawing in my mind. But like I think like old Sega games that have like bit crunched voices in them, like the like the Sega startup screen, like yeah. the Sega. There's like an appeal to that, like when like on the menu, I think she says something like when you start up the game. Yeah, I don't remember, but like I always really like that stuff, and I feel like Sega Bass Fishing also had something like that, like on the start screen, like you'd hit the start button and then like a guy would say something. Yeah, this was like really big in the, uh, like, the Dreamcast PS One yeah. like and I, disc based system. I loved that. Oh yeah, and I think like, this uses that sort of thing to great effect like the um the boss fights are one thing i want to talk about that we haven't yet um whenever you like you mash the button to like you know punch them real good at the end yeah and like if you if you like do a lot of them she'll be like "Ooh, that's gotta hurt or something (laughs) like that perfect and you're like fuck yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it just makes it feel extra good uh yeah, it's an excellent job with, by Queen Latifah. The the thing that I was going to uh, bring up was that if you imagine how much we make fun of the Resident Evil guy, who's like in every Resident Evil game. Resident Evil. Yeah. They love that guy. Super good. The reason that it comes up so much is not because it's so laughably bad, even though it is like kind of campy. Mm-hmm. It's because it is memorable. It's a thing that, like, it introduces you to the game and sort of, like, lets you, like, get your expectations. And I think that she fills a similar role here. Uh, the, it, it works really well for games that are arcade yes. I think. Oh, yeah. Like, and, uh, and even Resident Evil has, like, a, like the older ones have kind of that Capcom arcade <laughs> influence to them. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the newer ones probably. Not newest. The middle era are the most arcadey of them, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it is. It, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very good, and I'm really glad that it's included because it just it seems so insane 
not just because it's Queen Latifah, but because like the game doesn't seem like the kind that would have that kind of like narration, and the fact that she just continues to provide also the like shouts and stuff, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yep, like a, it offers like a little framing device kind of a thing, and I like that there's like a shoestring little narrative. Yeah, it basically is like plot beginning and then the whole events of the game and then next beat is the end of the game yeah it just it ties it all together you know Mm -hmm. it's why it's a shoestring yeah exactly because it ties yeah uh let's talk about those bosses though Uh, i didn't have too much else to say about them uh they ended up comprising a surprising amount of the tracks i thought um and i liked it as it went on how it became like differences in like subtle like i don't want to say genre necessarily but you have like the part with the wolves there's like a shooty galaga style thing then the vr stuff that's like a shoot 'em up etc uh the one with the the bow and arrow etc etc that's kind of like sin and punishment or whatever that game is like a light gun game yeah uh so there's that was a- the one that i was like i wish i was playing this on something with a touch screen <laughs> yeah like using the 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 wasd keys to like move around oh you didn't play with a controller no uh, it was uh hard okay to do. Oh, weird <laughs> i hadn't even like considered not but yeah i guess if, yeah if you played it on pc uh anyway um i lost my train of thought you're just going through the bosses like the last one after that oh. is the uh is is the devil or yeah not the, devil, the but, grim uh, reaper yeah death Little Death, as they call him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With his weird blonde haircut. Yeah, and his feels more like a uh, uh, like a bullet hell in, like, the, not purely because it's, it isn't, like, uh, quite a, as much of a bombardment, but they use similar, like, uh, mechanics, like the swiping and shit where you just have to go to quadrants of the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's similar, kind of. <laughs> Definitely difference in genre. I that I think that that was the correct way of describing it. Yeah, and yeah, I just like in that they put the um like the rhythm, uh, quick time events or whatever you want to call them. Uh, the little rhythm bits, they kind of tied those with the boss fights as it went on, so that made it gave that like a cohesion that I liked. Mm-hmm. So I so well implemented. Yeah, and I think most of them were successful as both like boss encounters in the traditional sense and also extensions of the like infinite runner style levels mm-hmm. um, yeah i think my favorite level in the game is the first boss fight where you had to f- chase all three of the motorcycle guys i think it's the, it feels like the longest level it might not be as long as some of the later ones yeah it, it's got to be close if yeah not the longest but yeah that one stands out the most in my mind yeah that one uh the wolf boss i thought was great the fact that it was like a a big fucking three-headed wolf that was like shooting Donkey Kong barrels down the tracks right. at you, and yeah, it made me think of a gummy ship boss from Kingdom Hearts too. Almost that's fair. I mean, I don't know which one, but I can. There's imagine. one that operates a lot like this, mm-hmm. or that, uh, where it, like it shoots things down at you, and you're looking at it from like a different perspective. Yeah. Uh. Now, I don't I don't necessarily know that I have like too much more to say on the bosses. The thing that it, that is cool about the bosses 
is how well they are integrated into the main gameplay. Uh, and also all of their tracks are really good. Uh, I do want to talk about how you punch Lil Death a bunch of times, and then you uh, you ride on a trail of vomit or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking weird. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> and and also it was weird mechanically because you had to like spin the screen. Yeah, you had to go around the like the cylinder that it was creating. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a thing cuz I definitely hit that first obstacle like, oh, yeah. head the fuck on cuz I assumed that I would like jump it or something. That's not the case. Yep, you just ride the astral trail of vomit. <laughs> uh I really like after that, though, that you go back through all the bosses and then you kiss them mm-hmm. to change them into, like, good people. <laughs> I, or, I don't know. Like, Less to, wild to, hearts. To purify them. You have yeah. to tame their wild hearts. <laughs> With a cool island song. With a fresh island song. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this soundtrack contains a lot of fresh island songs. It re- yeah, that's the main genre, I would say. <laughs> yeah, but it, it reminded me uh, once again a little bit of Celeste, where um, the final boss with uh, with Badalyn, you're just chasing her and trying to hug her. Right. Except the because the, the first one comes out of nowhere, like you don't expect it, uh, and then as you go through further and further, it is just kind of like a feels good kind it's of a, thing. It's a victory lap. Yeah. Uh, but it was still interesting, and mm. the medley track was as was equally as badass as the previous tracks that it is composed of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's yeah, it's good to revisit it, especially like with how short everything is. Getting like a, a what do they call that in a a reprise uh, like uh, on an yeah. album? Yeah, uh, of each boss as you. I uh, get to replay them. And then there's not the first game that I've played in the last year where you end up just riding on a dragon at the end. Yeah. It's kind of weird how <laughs> frequently this seems to come up. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about any of those games on the podcast, but, like, uh, in Dreams, uh, like, actual story mode that comes packaged with the game, you also end up on a dragon. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't remember if I can provide a second example, but I know for a fact that it happens again. Uh, but yeah, then you do that as the end narration goes over. Uh, I don't know. Pretty good. Yeah. Liked it. Do we have... Wild thoughts? <laughs> I should just let you take over the final thoughts announcement, because I've never once come up with a, a single good one. Uh, and I do. I do, in fact, have wild thoughts. Uh, I was a big fan of this game. Uh, I liked the aesthetic qualities of it. I immediately downloaded the soundtrack and am going to be looking for a vinyl version of it at some point in the future. Um, it is intensely cool uh, in a way that I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what this game was when I started playing it. Uh, I just didn't look anything up about it. I had just heard people mention it and knew the developer, so uh, I wanted to do it anyway. Playing through it uh, was cool. 
and was a good experience. I think that at about an hour and a half, this game is probably too short for most people given the price point, but similar to what we said about Super Hot, I think that if you're somebody who's willing to dive into the extra content of the game we didn't mention the zodiac riddles they're very complicated from my understanding and i don't know that you get anything for solving them Mm -hmm. uh but it is something like it definitely can sink a lot of time Uh, yeah they all seemed like challenges that wouldn't be any fun to me (laughs) personally but i only looked at the first handful so i can't speak to all of them yeah and i think part of the appeal of it is like solving them as opposed to just doing them Mm -hmm. uh which was not my experience because i was like i don't know what this is i don't know how to begin to interpret this and googled what is it and saw the solutions for the first few and i was like well that's got to be at least most of the fun gone right Uh uh-huh uh so i was not able to do that but i can imagine somebody being able to sink their teeth into it uh but beyond that love this game thought it kicked a lot of ass and uh uh, do recommend yeah. which is not something we do but here we are uh yeah this game fucking rules <laughs> um the end no um <laughs> uh i saw uh, a number of people talk about this on the internet and from what i saw of it i thought it looked pretty sweet and i ended up liking it even more than i expected to um it's it there's just a lot of appeal here. It almost kind of harkens back to like DDR and like older, more abstract rhythm games where it has like these kind of co- like cool, trippy, like interesting visuals to go along with like a unique synth poppy soundtrack. Uh, and it just, it's a really cohesive, cool experience. And it, we've talked about Samogo as a developer before, and it has all of their har- hallmarks as well. So this yeah this one just they knocked it out of the park I think and it's probably their most accessible game or their most appealing to like a wide audience I would think um yeah. so yeah I this is something I would probably recommend to anybody it's it's really cool and uh it did it melted my uh icy heart with a hot <laughs> island song I will I got to say that like if if you're walk is probably still my favorite game by them. It's hard. They're also different. They are very different. But, like, Your Walk feels like a game that was, like, tailor-made for me to love specifically. Mm-hmm. It was our first love. It was our first love. Uh, this game does feel like it is more of a general audience's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, because I didn't mention it all, there's a game called Thumper that this actually reminds me of in terms of, like, not purely on its aesthetic value, but the fact that it does use these, like, sort of abstract surreal landscapes mm-hmm. uh that's just like the hard version of this game so if you like played this game and were like that was sick i want to play more rhythm games where you're on a track and you perform actions thumper is like the extreme version of this so uh, i recommend that thank you for listening to no clip pocket this week what are we talking about next time next time we're talking about I, the pronunciation of this is literally going to destroy me. Dujana? Dujana. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I know very little about. 
Uh, it is similarly abstract, but now in all of the ways, except just <laughs> instead of just aesthetically. Yeah, like when you think of like art house indie game, uh, you probably this sort of thing probably comes to mind. Uh, I think it has an an extra like eye catching appeal to me because it looks like it was cobbled together with like stuff someone had around the house. Like there's a lot of like textures and things taken from like real stuff like photos and crayon and i don't know it almost kind of looks like a like a diorama Mm -hmm. as a game it looks really unique so look forward to exploring that yes uh and everything that that entails uh next time until then you can get a hold of us all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com you can find links to all of our socials uh, the Discord server where we talk about these games uh, with you, the people, uh, as well as links to all of our old episodes. Uh, man, we did like a weird episode a long time ago about uh, both Guitar Hero and Rock Band, uh, which as an older episode has worse audio quality, but I think is still pretty good and has a bitchin' title. Uh, yeah, it's from the era, like the older era that is still listenable, I think. Yeah, yeah. in the before times. In the long, long ago. <laughs> uh, uh, and that is all. <laughs> think there's water in this bottle? You're wrong. <laughs> You're such a fraud, Chad. <laughs>